Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and welcome to the fourth installment of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast. This is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering high school hockey in our region. So let's go ahead and jump right into the opening face-off. Today, we're going to be talking about the return of the Power Leagues to Section 1. As many of you know, at the start of the 2016-17 season, Section 1 teams were placed into five different leagues, which theoretically should allow weaker programs to continue to grow and develop while playing teams of similar strength and talent level. While the elite teams still have the ability to schedule games against deeper and more talented programs, both within Section 1, from across New York State, and out of state as well. Although, when it comes to the playoffs, Only those games played against Section 1 teams will count towards the seeding formula. However, I was told by a number of people that this wasn't always the case, and wins earned outside of Section 1 used to be counted in playoff seedings years ago, even under the Power League's format. So far this season, as you know, I've seen fewer blowouts and mismatches, and a number of the games I've watched either went to OT or or were decided in the end by just one goal. During the first episode of my show, I also explained how I thought the return of the Power League's format was largely responsible for the increased level of parity I see on display in the region night in and night out. By the way, everyone who contributed to the show this week, whether it was via Twitter, a phone conversation, or a face-to-face talk at the rink, had major issues with the way the playoffs will be handled come February. So here are the power leagues for 2016-17. In League A, we have Mamaroneck, Scarsdale, Pelham, Rye, Suffren, and Clarkstown. In League B, we have White Plains, North Rockland, John Jay, Mayapak, Rytown Harrison, and Somers North Salem. In League C, we have Brewtown, Henhud, Pauling, Carmel, and Greeley. In League D, we have Fox Lane, Mount Pleasant, New Rochelle, and Byram Hills. And in League E, we have East Chester Tuckahoe Bronxville, Lakeland Panis, uh, Nyack Tappan Zee, Rivertown, and Mamaroneck B. However, as I said before, because the playoff seeding process remains unchanged, you could wind up having teams in quote unquote weaker leagues earning a higher seed, which means they get to open their uh, post game campaign at home while other teams with better records and perhaps in quote unquote tougher leagues are forced to begin their playoff push on the road. As with previous shows, I decided to ask fans, players, and coaches if they were happy with the Power League setup. And during this week's Dump and Chase, I will share your thoughts, comments, and opinions related to this topic. Pelham Memorial High School's varsity head coach, Ed Witts, and I recently sat down to talk about the Power Leagues. Ed's been coaching for 31 years and is known for routinely taking the Pelicans out of Section 1 in order to play the best teams from across the, across the state and even beyond New York State. Here's my interview with Ed in its entirety. I'm sitting here with uh, Pelham's 
uh, head coach Ed Witts, and I wanted to get his take, uh, his thoughts on uh, the power leagues. So, Ed, uh, by all means, take it away. Well, I think the there's a little bit of a misnomer. Uh, this year, when they put the leagues, to, the sections, the section put the leagues together, I I don't I think the power league is something that we're calling it, but in their minds, in the section mind. It wasn't really the power leagues. Because power leagues, don't forget, the, the idea of it is that they put the strongest clubs or the potentially strongest teams in one division. And realizing that those teams are going to knock each other off and their schedule is going to be a little bit more difficult. So the theory behind it, the way I understood it, is that because you're playing in a much tougher league, you'd be seeded higher than the teams that weren't playing in the tougher leagues. And that's the general principle of the way the power leagues used to run in hockey. Now, I'm just speaking on hockey because that's all, all I coach. But I think what happens is, is that they changed it around. They changed it around and they didn't have a power league um, per se, but they... Um, you know, they're calling it a power league, but there are no advantages to playing in that power league other than more competitive games. I think overall, though, the way the section set it up, I think we're starting to see much more competitive games than we've had in the past, which is always a good thing. Right. And we're not seeing the blowouts. The only thing is, is that the seedings are still going to be a little bit skewed. Right. Because... You're still going to have teams that are, you know, not playing. In other words, you take, like, for years, White Plains was always in a bad spot, meaning in years, even when they had a good team, they were in with the top three or four teams in the section. And although they were better than a lot of the teams that were in the other leagues, they were always getting pushed at the bottom of the seeding pile because of the fact that they were just playing a much tougher schedule than everybody else. Right. So... In order to alleviate that, but they didn't give anything back to the teams that were in the... the that's why I don't think it's a true power league. I mean, I think if you were going to have a true power league, then teams would be seeded according to their strength. But you know what it is? Everybody's got to play. Everybody's got to win their games to get where they got to go. Right. So I'm okay with it. Okay. Good. That was uh, Pelham's uh, varsity head coach, Ed Witts giving us his thoughts, his opinion on the uh, Power Leagues. Thanks, Ed. Okay, well set? Yep. Okay, hey, listen, thanks. Appreciate it. From a competition and developmental standpoint, I absolutely love what the Power Leagues are doing. You have teams like Nyack Tappan Zee, East Chester Tuckahoe Bronxville, and the Maranek B playing teams like Fieldston, Birch Watham Lennox, and Columbia Prep, which will hopefully help these League E programs gain confidence grow his organizations, and improve their hockey skills in the process. But other than that, I'm not sure I see the benefits unless the playoff seeding formula changes to also include points being awarded for wins against non-Section 1 teams. In preparation for this week's show, I spoke to a number of quote-unquote old-time hockey people who told me how the previous power leagues were set up. It's my understanding that come playoff time, the teams were seeded according to their league, the top league or power league took the top seeds based on strength of schedule 
and bonus points were awarded for wins played outside of Section 1. That's unfortunately not the case this season. So as I prepare to drop the puck on this week's opening face-off, I'm afraid I'm left with a few more questions than answers, such as, will the playoff seeding formula eventually change to include wins against teams outside of Section 1? How much were coaches included in the process of dividing Section 1 into the five different leagues? And if they weren't involved at all, will coaches be consulted at the end of this season? What was the criterion used in order to determine which teams were placed into the different leagues? Was it last season's record, quote-unquote skill level, strength of schedule, roster size, or geography? Do we need five separate leagues, or can we get away with four? I'm certainly willing to let the season play itself out before I pass judgment on whether or not a return to the Power Leagues format accomplished its desired intent. So let's take a short break, and we'll be right back after this. Go ahead. This is Coach Mike Schiaparelli. You've been listening to the Hudson Valley Podcast, Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. Now it's time for this week's Around the Rinks. It's safe to say the season is back in full swing as the calendar hits mid-January. Here are the results from all the games played beginning on Monday, January 16th through Sunday, January 22nd. Byram Hills defeated Pearl River 4-1. North Rockland beat Suffren 3-2. Scarsdale defeated Clarkstown 2-1 in overtime. Rytown Harrison beat Somers North Salem 5-4. New Rochelle defeated Lakeland Panis 12-1. Fieldston tied Eastchester Tuckahoe Bronxville 4-4. Brewtown defeats Greeley 9-2. John Jay beat Pauling 8-3. Mamaronek defeated White Plains 3-1. Harvey beat Foreman 8-2. North Rockland defeated Nyack Tappan Z 11-2. Pelham beat Rye 6-2. Mamaronek B defeated Fieldston 6-1. Nyack Tappan Z beat Birch Waytham Lennox 6-0. White Plains defeated Harvey 5-2. Suffern defeated Rye 5-2. Fox Lane beat Rivertown 4-2. Brewtown defeated Rytown Harrison 3-2 in overtime. Carmel beat Pauling 5-0. Mamaronek defeated Clarkstown 3-0. Old Tapan beat Monroe Woodbury 10-3. Iona Prep defeated St. Joseph's by the Sea 8-0. Rytown Harrison beat White Plains, 7-5. North Rockland defeated Henhud Haldane, 5-0. Brewtown beat Monroe Woodbury, 5-0. Rivertown defeated Nyack Tappan Z, 8-5. Mayapak beat Mount Pleasant, 4-3 in overtime. St. Anthony's defeated Iona Prep, 5-0. Somers North Salem beat John Jay, 3-2. Newtown out of Connecticut defeated Greeley, 6-4. Pearl River beat Mamaronek B, 11-2. Stepanak defeated St. Edmunds, 3-1. Moses Brown beat Rye Country Day School, 5-3. North Rockland beat Mount Pleasant via a forfeit. Mayapak defeated Lakeland Panis, 6-3. East Chester Tuckahoe Bronxville beat Fox Lane, 5-1. Carmel beat Brewtown 5-3. New Rochelle defeated Greeley 2-1. Stepanak beat McClancy 9-0. And in Hudson Valley High School Ice Hockey Association action, Washingtonville defeated John Jay 3-1. Cornwall beat Arlington 1-0. Cornwall defeated John Jay 4-1. And FDR beat Arlington 4-3. You're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast the number one destination for high school hockey talk in our area, and we'll be right back after this. It's all we know, but we're not, so no, we're not, so, so we're 
now it's time for the dump and chase. Earlier in the week, I asked for your comments, thoughts, and feedback on Twitter regarding the return of the Power Leagues. Here's what you all had to say. Coach Schiaparelli texted me and said, The Power Leagues are good for competition, but yield no other advantage. Actually, we're at a disadvantage by the setup, as we get no credit for beating each other up. Section 1 Puck said, I believe the Power Leagues have both positive and negative effects on high school hockey. The positives are obvious. All teams in all games have a chance to win. Also, teams which are rebuilding can still be competitive for a league title. Some negative aspects consist of the fact that it allows too much flexibility to the powers by letting them play only one game against league opponents. This is a negative because not all teams get a chance to play each other in time for the playoffs. Another negative aspect about the Power Leagues is the mandatory league crossover games. While the leagues are mostly fair and even, there are still some outliers in each league. For example, Byram Hills, a top 12 Section 1 team, will have to play each team in League E. This doesn't benefit a team like Byram Hills or the teams in League E. In a general sense, the Power Leagues have the right idea, which is bringing competitive and fun hockey for everybody day in and day out. Michael Recca said, It's great to have more competitive league games. No one likes watching a powerhouse blow out a combo school that can barely field a team. Power leagues allow these teams to grow and develop and hopefully field a team for years to come. However, the system punishes good teams who are in the top league. They have tougher competition and then get shafted when the playoff rankings come along. League 1 teams should be ranked, then League 2, then 3, until the playoff brackets are set. You shouldn't be rewarded for playing in an inferior league. Old School Mountie said, The Power Leagues eliminate those games that neither team wants to play. Competitive hockey is the goal, and Power Leagues work. Old School Mountie also said in response to the Power League playoff seeding format needing to be changed, he said, Absolutely, you shouldn't be penalized points-wise for playing out-of-section games. Billy Collins, head coach for Pearl River's varsity hockey team, said, In my opinion, they got it half right. The power leagues are great. The seeding process needs fixing. The scheduled games are meant to be competitive, with fewer blowouts, and they are. The other good thing is that teams like Pearl River are allowed to schedule seven non-league games in which they can challenge themselves against higher league opponents. This year, we scheduled North Rockland, Rye, Bethlehem, and CBA. While we knew that these games would be tough to win, the objective was to play bigger, older, meaning teams that don't rely on underclassmen to log a lot of ice time like we do, more physical and deeper teams than we are used to. So I'm all for the power leagues. The seeding process is another story. You can't just have teams in the lower power leagues have a higher seed than teams that are ranked number one in the state. The fairest way to do this is to rank the League 1 teams first. They would be the highest seeds. Then League 2 teams would be ranked underneath them, etc. If you are a rebuilding program in the lower league, it's silly to have them ranked higher than teams that play the best in the state. Teams that play an ambitious schedule should not be punished in the seedings. A Section 1 team's Twitter account, who chose to remain anonymous, said, The Power Leagues are great, but they can be made even better. There are still too many non-competitive games. Brian Lotto said, The Power Leagues were done very well this year. Interconference games have been very competitive. 
Another follower of mine who wanted to remain anonymous said, The power leagues are important for some teams like Rivertown, Lakeland, and Eastchester Tuckahoe Bronxville, but I think it's a waste for others like Pelham and Mamaroneck. Power leagues should be set by division. Like Pelham should be in a league with John Jay, Rye, and teams that fit their skill level. If the power leagues were set by division and skill, I think it makes the playoffs a lot better because you get prepared for that team in your league and division. Let's say you have two league games left before the playoffs. Why would you focus on, say, one team that isn't in your division and that's the only time you'll see them? So the general consensus seems to be that people are in favor of the more competitive balance that the power leagues provide. However, they all seem to have an issue with the current playoff seating formula, which punishes teams that play in the more talented leagues and or who play games outside of Section 1. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. This is Gary Hauser, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. Now it's time for my favorite part of the show. I am pleased to be joined by three members of Byram Hills varsity hockey team, head coach A.J. Clorty, sophomore forward Jack Cohen, and senior defenseman Rob Bastone. We're coming to you from Byram Hills High School, and they're about to spend some time in the box. Thanks for making time to meet with me, guys. Thank you for, Thank having, you for us. having us. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. Yep. yeah. All right. Favorite thing about playing high school hockey? Um, probably uh, playing with uh, your friends and um, just the daily experience in the locker room and on the bus, just having fun, making jokes, playing hockey. Uh, definitely just the bond with your teammates and also just the school pride and being, being able to always wear the uh, mascot on your jersey. Nice. Coach, describe your team in five words or less. Hardworking, determined, family. Pre-game meal. Whatever mom makes that night. You know, steak, pasta, soup. Had chicken soup tonight. Um, whatever she's making, I'm going to eat. Uh, probably a Schreifer sandwich, which is the local deli around us. Usually get something that sounds, tonight. That sounds good. I might have to hit that on my way back. Yeah. Uh, Coach, what excites you most about the team? Uh, the fact that they show up to practice and games ready to go no matter what. And another great thing is the buy-in, which I think is phenomenal. Uh, the last two years you have kids picking high school games over club, and you have a genuine effort being put forth if there is a conflict to resolve them and communicate them early on in the season so that we can work <coughs> together with the club teams. That's never been seen before, and I think that's a really good indication of, of how much these kids care about their team. That is that is a good point. Um, pre-game routine, guys. Um, you know, we uh, we use a speaker on the bus to get us hyped up, and uh, we usually cheer and get hyped all the way to the game. And then in the locker room, kind of keep to myself, um, try to get in that game mentality. Um, always right skate first for me. Okay. And then left skate, and then we're set. Um, I usually tape my stick before the game, and then I like to be one of the first ones to get dressed and then usually go outside the locker room and watch whatever's going on in the ring before. Nice. That's usually what I do. All right, all three of you, biggest rival? Fox Lane. Yeah, Fox Lane. Fox Lane. Okay. Uh, thoughts on the season so far, Coach? I think it's been going really well. I think at the beginning of the year, we've started the last couple of years having the players set the goals for the season to, to increase buy-in. And I think 
uh, when we reviewed the goals before we started this second half after 10 games coming off Christmas holiday break, uh, the, the players are on track or have accomplished a majority of the goals that we've set forth. So I think we're doing a great job and we're exactly where we plan to be at this point in the season. Cool. Toughest rink to play in? Mm, I'm going um, definitely Ice Hutch. The locker rooms, they're long, not a lot of room, and the boards are kind of soft, so you got to get used to that. I know during the grade 8 tournament, those the, the, the glass was getting yeah. a workout, and those those um, plastic things on top kept falling off. So I also got to say the ice touch. I just okay. feel like we never really played to our full potential there. Huh. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe kind of like he said, it's kind of tight in the locker room. I don't know. It just has a weird feel to it compared Co- to other ranks. Coach, what are your thoughts? Toughest rank. Uh, we were at we were at ice time this year, and I felt combined with the bus ride, which is a little over an hour from here, and the absolute cavernous of the, the way it feels just empty in that rink. Yeah. When we played Monroe Woodbury, it was so yeah. quiet. I feel like that's a whole different fact. I'd rather be being cheered on by a bunch of people or hated on by a bunch of people than complete silence. Yeah, that's uh, that's up in my neck of the woods. I actually like that rink. That's a great. They got a great barbecue restaurant there. If, you, if you're ever back in that that part of the the state. Um, what makes a successful hockey coach? I think you have to you have to have a love for not only the game but but working with kids. I think if if you come in thinking selfish reasons, I want to win, I want to I want to be a champion, I want to be the coach that turns things around. I think you're going to be very disappointed. And I think you have to have patience and just complete dedication to the kids and improving in the long run a program. Uh, what's one thing you absolutely need to bring with you on the bus on a road trip, whether you're heading to ice time or whether you're heading somewhere else? Probably um, a granola bar, just uh, hold me over in game time. Probably a pillow because I would probably sleep for a lot of the time. Okay. A backup charger and a, or a battery pack all to right. keep the phone at full charge at all times. Definite shout-out to the Anchor 5000 Power Core. I used it for six hours at... Um, BIA on Friday, and it kept my kept my phone going. It's crucial. It is crucial. Uh, favorite moment or memory as a coach this season so far? This season, I think it was I think it was great to get that win against Rye because these kids I've watched for over five years now try so hard and come so close to get a win over a, a, one of those big Power Four programs, and. I mean, including last year coming within a goal, and to finally look up at the scoreboard at, with uh, under a minute to go, 6-4, going, wow, we're, we could actually do this, and then watching them celebrate. I mean, it means a lot. I've had some of these kids for seven, uh, six or seven years now between Modified and Varsity, and I know they've worked really hard for it. So that was great. kind of had to take a picture of the scoreboard and just think, look how far we've come. It's cool. That's good stuff. Um, who has the best selly on the team? Mm, probably um, Ethan Bihar. Yeah. I mean, the thing about our team, we don't really celebrate that much. Like, Robert Lunder scores a lot, but he doesn't – he acts like he's done it before, but probably Ethan if someone celebrated them. I saw him get a few. I saw him score a few on uh, Friday, that's for sure. Uh, all right, this is for all three. What's it like playing in the Pink the Rink game? Um, emotional. You know, it's like one of the only games a year that uh, the school, uh, all the uh, students come to, and uh, it's good to get hyped up for. And, um, yeah. Um. Probably just the atmosphere, not even just at the game, but before, you know, we have a bake sale and like through the school, through the whole week, and it just kind of gets hyped up throughout the whole school, so it's a pretty cool feeling. Exciting. 
it's it's crazy to see it have, it's grown since the year we started five years ago. Uh, the amount of money the parents make and the students raise and uh, the New Jersey we had this year. It's just every year it's exciting to see what it's turned into and what we're going to add to it. Yeah, I like the jerseys. Actually, someone reached out to me last year about uh, the fundraiser, and I wasn't able to get there, but I was definitely there this year and uh, had an amazing time, amazing atmosphere. The generosity and support from the community was phenomenal. Um, biggest challenge you face as a coach? I'm going to go with keep keeping the kids head straight all season. No matter who your opponent is or what game you're going into, having them prepared and approaching every game the exact same way, like you're going in against the best team in the state. Because it's very easy to, to look back and think, we got a big win here, we got a big win there. But like the bigger and stronger programs and historically powerful programs do, you got to approach every game like it's a championship game. Just put your best foot forward because everyone's always watching. Everyone wants to take you out every game. Uh, what advice would you give someone who's interested in coaching? Uh, similar to what I said before, do not get into it if you're looking to to hoist the state championship in your first or second year because you think you can be that difference maker. It's all about the process, and it takes a long time. And if you really want something special to to start or to turn something into something special, it's going to take a long time. So you really got to have a love for the game and a, and a love for teaching the game to student athletes because I think that's that's the most important thing is, is the kids. Great answer. Um, most embarrassing on ice moment, and this is for all three of you. Um, I gotta say, it was in a spring varsity game, and um, I actually got thrown out. It was one of the maybe the only time I think I got thrown out for um, having a fight, and it was just a bad feeling to me, and it kind of let myself down. So, okay. um, this one wasn't on ice, but it was right before the game last year against ETB. Uh, my skate blade actually snapped in half, so I couldn't play. That was kind of an embarrassing moment, I guess. Okay. I got I got too many to list. Do you want coaching or playing? <laughs> Either one. Just pick one. Uh, so I scored. I was in a scoring drive. I scored a backhander from center ice when I was in college, and it landed somehow over the over the goalie's shoulder, but in between the crossbar and his back. And I caught some pretty big heat for not scoring for like twelve games up until that point. Huh. It's pretty rough. That is rough. Um. Coach, the state of hockey in the Hudson Valley. I, I've been reading some of, your, some of your stuff online. A lot of people are saying it's 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 down and it's level. I really I've been around five years now and I've seen teams rise to the occasion. I think it's stronger. I think uh, you you don't have as much separation between the top teams and teams that are kind of competing now. Like you have your Rytown Harrisons, which when I started they were middle of the pack team at best now they're constantly going to sectional finals they're competing with the big boys they're going upstate and i don't think that's because those top teams are necessarily losing players i think it's because coaching is coaching stepped up the numbers are up the participation is up and kids want to play high school now instead of just instead of just playing juniors or triple a midget so i think it's in a great position it's only going to get stronger yeah i would agree i mean as i said i was at westchester skating academy that night and i i had said that i i think the sections improved i think there's a lot of parity amongst the, the teams in the section and someone else chimed in oh it's mediocre it's watered down i don't i don't see it that way yeah. all right this is for all three of you favorite professional hockey pl player past or present um i'm gonna have to go with um who probably McDonough on the Rangers, huge Ranger fan. Nice. And, um, you know, I think I kind of, like, play like him, so. Okay. Good answer. Oh, definitely Patrick Kane for me. Yeah, he's gotten a lot. He's garnered a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of love amongst the players I've interviewed so far. 
Player or coach? Either one. I'm going to go with, I don't know the Tampa Bay Lightning coach's name. Oh, John Cooper. John Cooper. But after after watching him my first couple of years, I was like, i got to be more like that guy. He's cool as a cucumber. He does not, doesn't smile, doesn't frown. He just, no matter the situation, he's always straight-faced. And I think that that bleeds down to his team. And they really react based on how he reacts. So if he's calm, they're calm. So I, that's my guy. He definitely sets the tone. You already answered this. Favorite professional hockey team? Chicago Blackhawks, for sure. Carolina Hurricanes. Via the Hartford Whalers. Okay, sure. Oh, I don't have it. I have a Hartford Whaler. I have actually a Hartford Whaler throwback sweatshirt. I don't have it on today, though. Um, favorite sport to play besides hockey? Golf. Definitely. Golf as well. Lacrosse. Nice. I played a little bit of lacrosse, too. All right, guys, thanks for spending some time. Best of luck to you and the team with the rest of the season. That was Byron Hills head coach A.J. Clorty. Sophomore forward Jack Cohen and senior defenseman Rob Bastone, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, now available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. You can also follow me on Twitter, at TravJack71, or on Instagram, at CrashingTheNet. Now back to the show. Now it's time for my favorite part of the show. I am joined today by a member of Fox Lane's varsity hockey team, junior goaltender Will Brunner, and he's about to spend some time in the box. How's it going, Will? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing real well. Thanks for calling in. No problem. No problem. My pleasure. All right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Okay. Here we go. Uh, favorite thing about playing high school hockey? Awesome. Uh, pre-game meal. Recently, our team's been going out to a lot of Italian restaurants, and uh, we usually have uh, penne with vodka sauce. So, you know, get a little bit of carbs. It's always good to get a little bit of carbs before the game and get you, get you amped up. <clears throat> uh, what's your pre-game routine? Who's your biggest rival? I would say it's either Byram Hills or Greeley. Uh, last year we had a really intense game against Greeley, which we won in overtime, but we don't play them this year. Uh, so I would say Byram Hills since we play them uh, in a, on, on, a, on Friday, I think, uh, on Friday, January 6th, play Greeley in a pink to rink game, so that's going to be a big game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to being up at uh, Brewster for that game. Um, toughest rink, toughest rink to play in. I would say Brewster. Uh, once again, the '98 rink. Uh, there are some, there are some minor things that uh, aren't, you know, not the biggest, uh, not the biggest downside. But uh, when the uh, Zamboni comes out, the doors are uneven, so sometimes you know someone dumps the puck in hits those doors, and can bounce right out in front of the net. So as a goalie, I obviously don't like that. I'd rather have the puck go behind than right in front of where I am. <laughs> uh, one th- one thing you absolutely need to bring with you on a road trip? 
uh, favorite tournament to play in if you have one? I never played in uh, a tournament in uh, varsity, but when I was playing travel for Bedford Bears, we always went to uh, Massachusetts in, at the end of October for uh, a tournament called the Haunted Shootout, which we played over Halloween uh, weekend usually, and that was a lot of fun to you know just uh, play and play in a different state and uh, a bunch of different to play against a bunch of different teams from uh, from all over the United States. So it was a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, who's your biggest? Who's the biggest goon on Fox Lane? Definitely Nolan Vernon. Um, he's kind of a quiet kid, but you know if we're we're having a poor game, poor outing, and you know he doesn't like what's going on. He's not afraid to lay the body, uh, anyways. You know he he's uh he's definitely the biggest goon I've ever played with. Uh, who who's the best uh, dressed player? I would say myself. Uh, Ryan Madison's also a pretty good uh, pretty good dresser. He got good taste in clothing, but I would say myself. Um, you know, last year I, I used to wear you know you know a jacket a sport coat over uh, over a shirt and tie. You know, and uh, that that was pretty good. Um, so yeah, I definitely say I'm, I'm the best dressed on the team. But yeah. uh, who Ryan, had Ryan Madison, Okay. He, he's a good dresser as well. Nice. Uh, who has the best flow? I would say Mickey Paletta. He's got a kid's got a nice head of hair. Um, he, he's uh, he's good at maintaining his, his flow. He's, you know, it's always a good trait to have a uh, have uh, a nice hockey hair under your helmet. Um, definitely, definitely Mickey Paletta. Nice. Uh, who has the best celly on the team? I would say Jared Goldstein. Um, he always does the, the thing where he goes down on one knee and you know picks up some of the snow off the ice and throws it up. He, he always does that. Um, I, I personally uh, love that Sally, so I would say Jared Goldstein. Good stuff. Uh, who's the biggest chirper? Um, Archer Skaglio is definitely the biggest chirper. I mean, he plays uh, he plays on the football team, so he knows uh, he knows some. Good church. He's a good trash talker. Good. Um, most embarrassing on ice moment. I was playing uh, in the ice touch, I think, two or three years ago, and the puck got cleared down. My team was on a power play, and the puck bounced, and I went out to play because there was nobody coming after me, and um, the puck took a weird bounce. Uh, went over my stick and it looked like the puck was going wide of the net until the last second it took another bouncing bounce right in so that was definitely my most embarrassing moment uh, having a goal scored on me from half ice I was I was pretty embarrassing uh, describe your team in five words or less I would say urgent um, hardworking diligent Uh, thoughts on the season so far? Uh, I mean, obviously, wins loss wise, we're not doing great, but there's a lot of room for improvement, and we've been growing a lot. I see a lot of the kids that I've been playing with who just started when they were in middle school, you know, playing modified. They've grown their skating abilities so much, and they've become really good. 
we've uh, we definitely grown a lot in that sense. You know, grown our our stamina. We definitely uh, have a lot better endurance that we did in the beginning of the year. So it's, it's always good to see that improvement and uh, the program's really growing. Nice. I actually did get to see your team um, at Brewster a couple of weeks ago, and I definitely like uh, your speed. I like your puck handling ability overall as a group. So I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, it's a young group, um, and we're looking for we're looking for um, good things come 2017 for um, for Fox Lane. Favorite uh, sport to play besides hockey? I've always been a big football fan, American football fan, but I, I've just recently. Uh, started liking soccer a lot so a really fun sport to play once you get to know it and also fun to watch you know even though when I was a kid I, I always hated watching soccer but now that I understand it I actually find it uh, a lot of fun to watch and uh, it's just a, just a great sport once you get to know uh, about it and start to, to understand the rules and all that all that type of stuff and become a fan of a certain team so it's an awesome sport uh, favorite professional hockey player past or present Favorite professional hockey team? New York Rangers. I mean, I'm a Blue Shirts fan. I will be for the rest of my life. Um, so we're the best team in the NHL right now. <clears throat> I mean, a lot of people would disagree, but I think, uh, I think New York Rangers I agree with you 100% as evidenced by the Ranger onesie that I wear to the rink whenever I yeah. go out. Uh, uh, Listen, Will, thanks so much for calling in. Um, best of luck to you and uh, the rest of the Fox Lane team with the rest of the season. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, I will be up at Brewster on Friday, January 6th. Uh, puck drops at 440 for your game against Byram Hill in their uh, Pink the Rink game. And uh, thanks again for calling in. And you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast. As our fourth episode comes to an end, it's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events and charities. Stick Taps go out to Carmel Varsity Hockey's goalie, Willow Barnes, who recently recorded her 1,000th career save. She is one of only a handful of goaltenders in Section 1 to accomplish this tremendous milestone. Stick taps go out to the Kenmore East and Kenmore West varsity hockey teams of Section 6 who are currently accepting donations and raising funds to assist a member of the team's coaching staff, Coach Deal, who is currently battling a rare form of cancer. Stick taps go out to the Thomas Titans out of Section 5 as they hosted their 5th annual Honor Our Heroes game on Friday, January 20th at the Webster Ice Arena. Puck drop was set for 6 p.m. versus the Victor Blue Devils. All veterans, U.S. military personnel, and first responders were admitted for free, and the proceeds went to Warrior Salute. Stick taps go out to Don Bosco Prep Varsity's uh, hockey coach George Toscos for securing his 150th win of his coaching career on Monday, January 16th. Stick Taps go out to the Fox Lane Varsity Hockey Team for sponsoring Future Foxes Day 
an event where future Fox Lane hockey players received an all-access pass to a pregame meal, film session, and game. Stick Taps go out to the Carmel Hockey Varsity team for hosting their first annual Carmel Hockey Fights Cancer Game on Friday, January 20th versus Pauling. The Rams raised $2,000, which will be donated to St. Jude's in honor of Amanda Benaway, sister of senior forward Corey Benaway, as she lost her battle with cancer just this past offseason. Stick Taps go out to Skinny Atlas varsity forward Ray Falso, who netted his 100th career goal on Friday, January 20th. Stick Taps go out to varsity forward Connor Deverin of Rumson Fairhaven in New Jersey, who also netted his 100th career goal on Friday, January 20th. Stick Taps go out to the Somers North Salem varsity hockey team for hosting their winter skate party at Brewster Ice Arena on Saturday, January 21st before their game against John Jay. Stick Taps go out to Rytown Harrison varsity forward Jackson Schultz for earning his 100th, 101st, 102nd, and 103rd point uh, of his varsity career on Saturday, January 21st, and I was there to see it all happen. Stick Taps go out to Chris Watson of the New York State Public High School Athletic Association for providing we with media credentials in order to cover the New York State Hockey Championship weekend in Buffalo, New York, uh, March 10th through March 12th. Stick Taps go out to Coach Barone of the Farmington Valley Generals in Connecticut, who had never missed a game in his 24 years. This past Wednesday, he unexpectedly lost his mother and was unable to coach the team. Miraculously, Coach was back behind the bench on Saturday, guiding his team to his 200th career victory. Stick Taps go out to the Rye Varsity Hockey Team as they join forces with Rye Country Day School to fight cancer. Puck drop is set for 8 p.m. on Wednesday, January 25th at Playland Ice Casino. All proceeds from the evening will be donated to the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. And if you know of a player, coach, team, or hockey-related event or charity and would like them to receive stick taps in the future, please tweet me at TravJack71 using the hashtag HVPucks. That's it for the fourth episode of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the premier destination for all things high school hockey related in our region. I'll be at different games every weekend for the rest of the season and during the playoffs too. So be on the lookout as you never know where you might run into me. Before I sign off, I want to thank my beautiful wife Marisol and my two daughters Juliana and Kayla for their never-ending support, love, patience, and understanding as I look to bring you the best show possible each and every week. Official HV Pucks gear is also available for purchase. You can send me a DM and I will also pin information on how to place an order on my Twitter page. If you're interested in getting your hands on a hat, hoodie, long sleeve tee, sweatpants, or a short sleeve tee, we've got it all. And a huge thanks to my girl, Cheryl Marcus, 
aka Lady Von Fury, who can be found on Twitter at Lady Von Fury for creating my custom logo and all the clothing too. And if you're digging the music you've heard on the show, check out the EP Broken Walls by Fracture, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can also find them on Twitter at Fracture underscore band, on Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.fractureofficial.com on the web. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.